friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I am so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the absolute full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. In today's episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend, Jordan Lee. Jordan is an author and a blogger and a speaker and an encourager and the leader of the amazing online community, Soul Scripts. I just love the way she describes her online space. She says, my prayer for my writing is that it makes you feel something, that it helps you experience God's heart when the world breaks yours. She also welcomes women into her community saying, your brokenness is welcome here. I just love that. And I'm so excited for you guys to get to hear from her today. In this episode, Jordan and I are going to be tackling the topic of comparison. Tackling it because honestly, we just wish it would go away. And I know we're not the only ones. This was a really vulnerable conversation for us, and I'm really excited to get to share it with you. If you've ever compared yourself to your girlfriends or felt like there wasn't room for you in an area of the world because there are already people doing what you want to do, or if you've ever felt not good enough or like you don't measure up, know that you are definitely not alone. And I hope this conversation is as good for y'all's hearts as I know it was for ours. But before we jump into all of that, there's something I wanted to make absolutely sure to tell you about. So if you've been hanging out in our community for a few months now, you may have seen that I have two new books out. A while back, I wrote a book called The Lipstick Gospel, and then this summer, I came out with two new books to go along with it, The Lipstick Gospel Prayer Journal and The Lipstick Gospel Devotional. In our conversation today, Jordan and I are going to be talking a lot about our relationships with God, how we connect to Him, and how we're able to feel secure in who we are and the work we do because of our identity in Jesus. And so in the spirit of that, if you're new to being a Christian, or don't even know if you'd call yourself a Christian, or if you've been a Christian forever and are just looking for some new ways to connect with God each day, I would love to share these books with you. And actually, I would love to take just a sec and read the description of the devotional to you, just so you can get a feel for what it's all about. So it's called The Lipstick Gospel Devotional, 90 Days of Saying Yes to a God Who Is Anything But Boring, and it's 90 days of small steps towards a fuller relationship with God, with our lives, and with ourselves. The Lipstick Gospel Devotional is about God and our relationships with Him and how to find Him in our everyday lives. It's about rest and celebration and learning to love ourselves. It's about travel and whimsy and toes in the sand, about the transformative power of best friends, and a really great chocolate croissant. It's a reminder that there's never anything too broken for God to heal or redeem, and it's a dare to say yes to the plan He has for our lives. You can hear all about the devotional and my prayer journal, and all of my books actually, in my shop. It's smaywilsonshop.com. You can also find that link through the show notes over on my blog, or through the link in my Instagram profile. I'm at smaywilson over on Instagram. Oh, one more thing. Stay tuned for the very end of this episode, because something super fun is happening in my life over the next two weeks, and I cannot wait to share it with you. Okay, without any further ado, here's my conversation with Jordan Lee. Um, Okay, you guys, I am super excited for what we have today. We have one of my dear friends here on the podcast today, um, my friend Jordan, um, over at Soul Scripts. I say that just because, um, Jordan, I feel like sometimes when I meet people, they don't know me as Stephanie, they know me as Lipstick Gospel, like that becomes (laughs) my name. And I guess, I'm guessing that might happen with you sometimes, that you somehow sometimes are Jordan Soul Scripts. Does that happen to you? Yeah. Hey, are you soul scripts? Well, no, well, <laughs> but I guess we can that. <laughs> also Jordan. Yeah, totally. Yep. Well, okay. So Jordan, I'm so happy to have you here. Um, for girls who haven't gotten to meet you yet, can you just take a second and, um, tell us who you are, what you do. And maybe this has kind of become my favorite thing to ask because it's always funny what people come up with. Um, a fun fact about you. Absolutely. Okay. So 
I run a blog called Soul Scripts, but my name is Jordan. <laughs> uh, I'm well known or better known as Jordan Lee. Lee is my middle name. Um, and Soul Scripts is the place. It's kind of like my little hub. It's my little corner of the internet universe, <laughs> I guess, if that's the best way to say it. And um, really have a heart for millennial women, college age girls. Um, really being a 20 something myself, having the conversations with peers about sometimes really hard issues and sometimes just about things that we're all going through. Um, I know, Stephanie, you share that same passion. I think that's why we've totally connected. Um, And so, you know, a lot of what I do is somewhat advice oriented and conversational working through typical issues that a millennial woman would face. I mean, it sounds silly, but even something as simple as why is he not texting me back, you know, or things that, I mean, those are legitimate things and also some deeper issues. Um, and so that's kind of what my blog does. And then I have the community aspect of things. I'm really, really passionate, um, about connecting and community. I noticed really early on when I started blogging that I saw how many people would relate to something I'd write stuff. Maybe you've experienced this too. And, um, I felt like, wow, these girls aren't only relating, but they're starting to comment back to one, like one another, they're supporting each other and sending each other encouragement just in the comment section, you know? And I realized like, wow, this could, this type of conversation is so necessary and so needed. And so many people are craving to connect with like-minded people and have these conversations in a way that's fruitful, not just like gossiping. So I started to really grow in my desire to build some sisterhood that was just beyond, you know, more so than just like, oh, I'm in a sorority or, oh, I identify with this group or, and you know, and that's fantastic, but just on connecting on a deeper level and working through some of that stuff and supporting one another through things like that, just because I know you were in a sorority too. I was in that, you know, growing up or going through college and I saw how invaluable kind of having that safe place to turn was. And so I kind of wanted to create that for my readers. So that's part of what I do as well. I go speak on college campuses and create that kind of communal place um, and my tagline to my blog, to me, to my website, where I have my online community now is your brokenness is welcome here. And I really want that to be like the resounding <laughs> invitation because I don't think women or people in general give that invitation enough and really welcome one another stains, brokenness and all. <laughs> so mm-hmm. but that's what, but that's what Jesus does for us. And so my heart for, for community, for my blog, for everything I do really is to welcome that in and work through that stuff. I love that. The fun love- fact. You asked me about the fun fact. Duh. Um, fun fact. There's some fun, fun facts. Um, let me think. I um, just got married about a year ago. And in this past year, my husband and I have lived in five different places. So that's a fun, somewhat stressful fact. Oh, my but gosh. Really given me so much good perspective and just challenged me in so many new ways. Um, so that's really been an interesting little piece of my story and my life this year. I don't know how fun it is, but But (laughs) that's a fact. (laughs) Totally. No, I love it. Um, man, well, Jordan, I'm gosh, I'm so happy you're here and I love your heart. And, um, I, you, so you and I got to meet, um, I'm trying to figure out how long ago it was, maybe three years ago. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it was like 2014 or 2015 and it's almost 2018, which is insane to me. I know that's crazy. So, so you and I got to meet at, um, the influence conference, um, yep. which unfortunately isn't really a thing anymore. It's such a bummer. I really yeah. loved it. Um, 
But I feel like you and I connected just instantly because we really do have such similar hearts for women and community and um, mm-hmm. just like creating a safe space for to be able to walk walk through some of the things we go through in life just as women. And so um, that's why I'm so happy to have you here because, I mean, that's absolutely my heart for, for this podcast. Um, I say this all the time, but like, I mean, this is the next best thing to all of us just hanging out in our sweatpants and eating pizza in my living room. So right. absolutely, absolutely. Um, and so I really wanted to talk about something specific with you today, um, Jordan. And, and I really, that is um, co- comparison. I really wanted to talk about comparison today because I know that it's something that we really all go through as women. And like, so I I always say that life is better and easier and absolutely more fun when we walk through it as women, like walk walk through it together as women. But the thing that I think steals from that more than anything else, um, is comparison. And so I know that you, um, are like all of the rest of us, Jordan, in the fact that you have experienced this, that you've had comparison has totally stolen your joy at different points in your life. And so I wanted to see if you could just tell us like maybe a story or two of a time when you found yourself like, you know, stuck in comparison with another woman. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I think sometimes we compare our insides to someone else's outsides, <laughs> if that mm-hmm. makes any sense at all. Um, and I think it's, it's tough because it can happen both across, um, relationships that we're, we're close with, with our friendships. And it can also occur, you know, in situations with people that we don't even know, which is insane how it can like totally penetrate anything. Um, and so I'll share kind of a little bit of a story in both situations. Um, for me, just because I'm not going to sit here and deny that I never compare myself to my friends, you know, or to whatever. Um, and so I would say one thing that really struck me, especially, um, recently, I, a few months ago, I took a girl's trip and, you know, and we were doing some work together, but also just exploring and having a good time. And I think I wrote about this on my blog, but it was so powerful for me to just to see myself living in a constant state of comparison that entire trip until like the last day. Um, it's crazy. I mean, it's supposed, if you were looking from the outside in, you would see two people, two girls who probably were really close, having a great time, um, you know, totally connecting, supporting each other. And to some degree that's true, but it's crazy what can be going on beneath the surface. And what I realized in myself on the last day was like the entire three or four days that we were traveling and, um, adventuring around together, literally every outfit she put on, I was like, Oh shoot, her outfits are always cuter than mine. You know, like just the silliest little thing. And it wasn't like it totally overtook me, but then the last day rolled around and we were just shopping through these boutiques. And I remember actually thinking in my brain, I was like, okay, what would she like in this boutique? Because if she likes it, it's probably cute. So I should buy it. You know, trying to totally shift anything that I was already like personally drawn to, to match what someone else was doing, because I was convinced that she was wearing better things than I was, you know? And so, um, that was the thought I had. And right as I had that thought, I saw this bright blue romper on a, on a rack in the, in the store. And I was like, Oh my gosh, I love that. You know? And what the craziest thing is that is something she would have never bought. You know, she loves more like earthy tones and things like that. And I'm over there like squealing over this turquoise, bright blue romper. And, um, so I walked towards it and I like totally had forgotten that thought that I had about finding something that looks like something she would like. And I look at the tag and the brand is called Barry J and everyone calls me J. A lot of my close friends just call me J. 
my husband calls me Jay. That's just what I go by. And so when I saw that the brand was very Jay, I was like, okay, God, I hear you. You know, (laughs) Um, it was kind of like, you know, you were trying so hard or subconsciously trying so hard to fit this image that you think someone else is portraying so well. And you've been comparing yourself and sizing yourself up. But like, if you're really honest with yourself, that's totally not you, you know? Um, And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is so humbling. (laughs) I have to try this on. (laughs) So I try this on and come out, you know, and the craziest thing is, this girl who a friend of mine who I'd been comparing myself to this whole weekend looks at me and she's like, well, now I want to give something new. Now you look cute. You know, she's like, I even got new clothes for this trip because I always thought you had cute dresses and it blew my mind. I was like, seriously, you're joking. No, this whole time I've been thinking you have cuter clothes than me, you know? And it's like so silly and so surface level, but yet it can run so deep. And so that like momentary vulnerability between us to realize like, Oh, I've been doing the same thing you've been doing just in a different way, you know, or, Oh, now I want to look cute. Cause you look cute. It's like those craziest little things that we just kind of tuck away and think, Oh, she couldn't possibly be thinking what I'm thinking, you know, or struggling the way I'm struggling. So I should just write it off as, you know, unimportant. And then to just hear that, like, Oh, I've been doing that too. It's like so much freedom. And then suddenly you're like, okay, well then it doesn't really matter what we look like, you know, or it doesn't really matter what we're wearing. So on a surface level and with a smaller way, you know, I've done that with my friends and that was so eye opening for me just to realize. And then, you know, there's other times where, especially being someone who's a creative and, who's writing and pouring your heart out there. It's so easy to look at what other people are doing and totally shift your attention and forget to stay in your lane and look at what everyone else is doing and think, Oh man, I have so much catching up to do when in reality, like I've been planted in place right where I am. So yeah, I mean, even just looking at other women and Christian women authors, it's like, Hey, they are doing what the Lord's asked them to do, you know, but yet I've turned them into this oh, well, I've got to keep up or I've got to catch up or whatever it might be. And totally forgetting the fact that there's always going to be someone a little bit ahead of you and someone a little step behind you. And that's just the reality of life. But totally missing that so often just because of how involved I am, you know, with this industry and with what I'm doing. So it can happen in a variety of ways. And I think I've experienced it in all ways, which is not always the funnest thing to admit, but it's also so freeing to admit. Totally. I think it's like, it's so good to just hear, um, it's just so, it's so good to hear, like, you're not the only one. Like, I think that's one of the nicest things we can say to each other. One of the most freeing things we can say to each other is just, hey, like, I've been there too. And especially mm-hmm. in comparison, and I think that I agree, like, we look at women who seem like they have it all together in these different areas, and we think they could never worry about this. They could never compare themselves to anyone because they have everything. Um, Mm -hmm. when in all reality, like we all do it and it doesn't mean we should, because it it really does steal so much joy from us, but it's just really good to hear, like we're all in the boat together. And, and, And I know that comparison, I think strikes in so many different areas and it happens in all different times too. Um, like I think we can really compare ourselves in our relationships, either, when we're single looking at people who aren't and wondering like, what do they have that I don't, why is this happening for them and not me? Um, or even like within our relationships. Um, Mm -hmm. I remember there was a, a season where, um, when my two very best friends and I had just gotten married, um, all three of us had just gotten married and there was kind of, there were a couple months we, we had never been married before, you know, and we'd never been best friends being married before. And so we didn't really know how to like um, kind of navigate it all. And so mm-hmm. there was a time where like, when we had just gotten married, we all were talking about like the good parts of our relationships, which they're all so good, but we didn't really know how to share like, yeah, last night we both yelled at each other or like mm-hmm. yesterday we totally bickered about this. And so we were all living our inside lives, looking at each other's outside lives. And I was thinking things like, 
Kelsey and Tyler would never fight about this. Or like Alan and Michelle always do this and we never do that. Mm-hmm. And finally, I don't remember how it broke or who broke it first, but one day one of us like came clean about like we got in an argument yesterday and it was such a bummer and I'm still really mad about it or something like that. And it was like the glass house shattered and we all got to be like, we thought about that last week. And then like, you know, I mean, we just got to find out that we were not alone in our imperfection. And also we had all been comparing ourselves to each other and there was such freedom and like real community happened once we all realized none of us is perfect. None of us has it all together. Like we all have fears and doubts and worries. And instead of keeping up a facade and like comparing ourselves to each other's outsides, just all being on the inside together. And it was so much better. It was so good. Love what you just said with the glass house shattered, because I think that's sometimes what we live in. We live in like these little boxes, um, about just, we build these little walls around ourselves and they're kind of see through a little bit. Like maybe they're, they're almost like imaginary, you know what I mean? Like they don't really exist and, but yet they exist. Like there's this weird barrier. And a lot of that comes from, like you said, that facade that we tend to put up. And so you can still see us, but you don't see all of us. And I think once someone kind of takes a, um, a hammer to that, to that glass box and is like, okay, I'm going to start breaking down these barriers. Like that is where that true like connection can really happen. Otherwise you're just kind of bumping into each other. Um, and I totally experienced that too. Marriage is like a whole nother thing when it comes to, okay, well, what's wrong with my relationship? You know, we're like, should this be happening? You know, and does anyone else struggle with this or whatever? And it's, it's insane. You know, even just the other day, um, how long ago did we get together? Like two or three weeks ago, four weeks ago? Yeah. I can't, maybe three. Yeah. And, um, I'm in the process of writing this book and I was kind of like thumbing through the, the devotional that you gave me that you wrote, which is amazing and so good. But I literally was like, Oh my gosh, I can't look at this because she's already finished. And I feel like I have so far to go. And this is also great. And I just can't handle it. Like, it's almost like comparison, even there when you're happy for a friend, like I'm like, thrilled for you. But at the same time, when you're in the middle of the process, it's like, I don't want to see what someone else has done, even if I love her, you know, it's like, I, so. yes, Jordan, we were talking about that that day. And I was, I, I feel like, yes, I'm so glad you said that because, um, when I was writing the devotional, I had to shut out all voices, which we'll talk about this. I really want to talk about this at the end, like some things that have really helped us when we're feeling like comparison strike. But like, really, I had to do the same thing when I was writing it because something about me being in the middle of like gathering all my thoughts and trying to make them better. And I mean, I'm seeing like the mess of them, you know, cause they like, it was just right in the smack dab middle. Um, and then seeing other people like releasing finished books or doing all these things. Like it just was just too much. Like I just couldn't I just couldn't do it because it, it was discouraging instead of encouraging just because we're like, just cause I was so in the middle of it. Um, yeah. When we're in the in-between, it can be sometimes the, I think when you're in the in-between, that's where comparison strikes the most because you either some see someone starting something exciting or at the end of something exciting. And when you're stuck in the middle of it, even if you're doing something equally as exciting, it can feel really, really exhausting. The middle, I swear, is like the hardest part of anything. Like just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And like just in the middle of projects, I swear, that's the moment when I just want to throw in the towel because it's started, I'm committed, and I put all this work into it, but it's not good yet. And that's so discouraging. You're like, absolutely, this is a mess. Well, so I want to kind of, um, so the whole like theme of, I feel like this conversation for sure, but also just the podcast is just like, I don't know, just being honest and talking about the real things of life. And so I wanted to actually tell a story of kind of a, a really hard comparison moment I had not long ago, Jordan. Um, and then I wanted to kind of like, I just want to like speak some truth into it, but really I want to kind of like be honest about it because it's so 
true and real. And, and just because I want us to all know that we're not alone in it. Um, mm-hmm. and I feel like you kind of kicked it off. So, um, I, uh, there's actually, this is actually in the devotional, but I don't know if, um, I don't know if I've shared this with you, Jordan. So this might be new. Um, but so I got to speak, um, at a university, um, in Georgia, like maybe, I don't know, six months ago, or a year ago, something like that. <laughs> I guess I don't really know. Um, and it was so much fun. I got there and the girls had made, um, I hope they listened to this cause I'm telling you this like made my life. It was so much fun. Um, so I got off the airplane and they had made a sign speaking of people knowing you as the lipstick gospel, the sign said lipstick gospel lands here and it was giant and it was pink and they're holding it when I got off the airplane and I just like fell in love with these girls immediately. And so they picked me up from the airport and we had a long drive to go to drive to the school. And then mm-hmm. that night I was speaking um, at an event. And so we were hanging out, we we're in the car and a lot of them were writers mm-hmm. and they're talking about um, their writing and what they're learning and what they're working on. And then they asked me and they were like, Stephanie, you know, it feels like what we want to do in the world is already being done and already being done by someone better. And they're ahead of us and they're better than us. And so it kind of feels like, why is my voice even necessary? Mm-hmm. And I, my favorite answer to that, um, is, well, actually, um, maybe I'll save it for a second. Cause I want to hear yours, Jordan in a minute. But so I, I gave them like my very best answer to it. Um, and I totally have an answer. Like there's room for you. Um, oh my gosh, like we need your voice. There's not too much goodness in the world. Like I had all the things to say and I said them and I swear like two and a half minutes after I finished giving this spiel that I believe down to my toes about how needed all of our voices are. Um, one of them said, um, you know, Stephanie, I love your blog. I love what you're doing. There's actually also someone else I love and it's this person. And they started talking about how amazing this woman is. And I'm with you. Like, I love celebrating what other girls are doing. I love cheering each other on. Like, I absolutely, to my toes, believe that there's room for all of us. But something happened in that moment. And the only way I can really accurately describe it is it felt like comparison food poisoning. Like, yeah, that's a great way to describe it. (laughs) It was like, it honestly was like getting smacked in the face with a two by four. I felt like instantly nauseous. I, I just, it took over completely. (laughs) And all of a sudden in that moment, I was feeling the exact things I had just like told the truth about. So I was feeling like Uh there's not room for me. I'm behind. She's doing Mm -hmm. this better. I need to strive and strive and hustle and hustle to like catch up. Um, Mm -hmm. like it, all of these terrible thoughts of just like, there's not room for me. I don't matter. There's no room for my voice, like settled in on me in that moment. And the, the big bummer to it was that like, I was speaking that night. And when you have those thoughts in your head, it just, it steals like your joy. It steals your ability to make an impact. It just puts like a damper on like everything you want to share in the world. Um, and it totally did it that night. And it really, like, sometimes I feel like it kind of goes away pretty quickly. Um, sometimes I think it takes longer and that one took longer. Like it really, um, took a couple of weeks of like praying and talking through it with people. Like it just, sometimes I think the food poisoning is rough. And I think that happens sometimes when like, you know, we, we kind of feel like we're doing okay in our single lives, but then our other only, like our only other single friend gets engaged and we're just like, you've got to be kidding me. Like it just, um, or like we've been really working towards a dream or something and then someone else gets it or something like that. I think sometimes it's just harder. Well, so it, I it definitely, um, kind of got through it and I want to talk, um, really more, um, I really want to talk to you about that, Jordan, like the best things that we've learned along the way for how we get through these things. But kind of the trick to the story is the person that they were talking about was you. Oh my gosh. Yep. It was totally you. Well, see, this is glass box shattering. <laughs> I, 
what's crazy is it goes both ways. You know, it's like they said, I think when you hear that and then you're friends with that person, I think it almost makes it harder. You know, like we were friends at that point, I believe like a year ago, you know, and it's like the craziest thing. I mean, I literally just did that with your book like three weeks ago, you know, and so it goes both ways. And that transparency, like one makes me feel way better about myself because I'm like, wow, okay. I'm not the crazy one. Always thinking that, you know, but at the same time, it's super humbling, um, to, to know that because it almost is like, okay, you know how you said, let's speak truth into the situation, Mm -hmm. just as kind of a response to that. And the fact that we both kind of just sat here unexpectedly admitting that to one another, which is (laughs) awesome. Um, It's kind of like, the math doesn't really work. If you think about it, like comparison is like really bad math because if I'm comparing myself to you or something you've done and you're doing that exact same thing, it's kind of like doing like, well, one plus negative one equals zero. Like if we're equally comparing ourselves to one another, it's kind of canceling out any need for comparison. Does that make sense? Like that's just how my mind is like working. It's kind of like, wait a second, then how unfruitful and how unproductive is this? Because if it's going both ways, just like it was with my friend in that boutique, when we both realized we were doing the same thing, it's like, in her mind, she, I have nothing to compare to, you know, compare myself to. And in my mind, she had absolutely nothing to compare herself to. Like her outfits were always cuter in my mind, you know, we're like, whatever. And so it can totally like create this, this idea in our mind that we're doing something productive or like, even though we know it's, it's not good, you know, it's like, we still like feed energy into it when in reality, it's like, wow, this is math that just cancels out. You know, it's like, it totally is like, bouncing off of each other. If it's just going back and forth. And the reality is, is if I'm comparing myself to someone, the reality is, is that someone else is probably comparing themselves to me. And as weird as that sounds to think about, like we have to be honest with ourselves and understand. And so other people will see strengths in us or will hear, will see goodness in us that we won't see in ourselves. And so we kind of like totally put that off to the side and focus on all the gaps in our strength and the, and the cracks in our walls and the things that we don't do well. And compare it with someone else who might not have those same weaknesses when in reality, it's like, man, but there's someone right over there just doing the exact same thing to us. So all the energy I'm spending is pointless. Like it's just math that doesn't work. It adds up to nothing. It's insane. Oh my God. It just steals so much because like any, any energy that we're, we're spending focusing on something that someone else is that we're not. Well, one, like, um, I love, I love in scripture, like how it talks about the body. Like we all occupy different parts of the body. We just do. And we're all so necessary. And even when, um, and, and like when we focus on all the things we're not, we're not able to focus on the things that we are. Like, I love how you said at the beginning, like that woman is doing exactly what God told her to do. Like she's busy running her race. You need to run yours. And there is room for all of us. And so really like the reason I was so excited to talk to you about comparison is because like the girls, as you're, you know, introducing yourself and talking about the things you do and the things you care about, like you and I do really similar things. And we, you know, we've totally bonded over that. Um, but like there's room for both of us. And, and the, the thing, um, that's funny about that speaking of that is that you spoke there like two weeks after I did. Like, so there was like, there was no, and we've gotten to do that a couple of times where it's like, you've Mm -hmm. gone first and I've gone second, or I've gone first, you've gone Mm -hmm. second, or someone asks me and and I can't do it. So I'm like, go ask Jordan or you do the opposite. Like we've been able to really like help each other and work together and, and Mm -hmm. both do these things that we're really called to do. And, and, um, I feel like we are good at different parts. Like we're better, like you're totally better at parts of it than I am. And like, I have strengths that like might not be your number one strengths. And and regardless, and this is what I told the girls right before I came down with food poisoning of my own. Um, <laughs> the thing that I told them right before was like, 
there is room for you. Like mm-hmm. God's economy is never an economy of lack. Like it yeah. is scarcity is never, is not a thing in God's economy. Mm-hmm. If he has called two people to do something, even if they're similar, like he has a purpose for both of those. Those things are not wasted. Um, right. And really like until, and this is the thing I told the girls, I was like, until there is too, like I asked them, is there enough, is there too much beauty in the world? No. Mm-hmm. Is there too much goodness in the world? No. Does everyone know Jesus and how much he loves them? No. Does everyone know how, how worth, worthy of love and how much, yeah, how much they're worth? No. Like mm-hmm. n- there's not too much of that. And so until there's too much of that or whatever, like goodness in the world, the market is not saturated. Like there right. is, there's just not like we have work to do. All of us have work to do in the world. And, and if there are two people or a thousand people working alongside you, like so much the better. Absolutely. You know, there's, um, it just, as you said, that reminded me in Ecclesiastes one nine, and then also in Ecclesiastes three, one. So Ecclesiastes one nine says what has been done will um, have it done again. And then Ecclesiastes 3, one says there is a time for everything. And it talks about how there's all these different seasons. And so basically what's happening, like there's a multiple different places, but it says in Ecclesiastes one nine, that there's nothing new under the sun. So that like desire or like that lie that we believe of like, well, it's already been done or like someone else is already doing it better. Or like, well, I had this idea, but then realized someone was doing it kind of similarly, you know, or whatever. It's like, Okay, reality check. There is no unique idea under heaven. Like even the most unique idea like God's already thought of. So if God is in every single one of us, we're just comparing like God to God. If you think about it, like God is in me and God is in you. So why would we compare God to himself? You know, and it's like his ideas are really what give us our ideas. And I heard this really awesome quote. We went and got tacos with our, some of our good friends here um, in Indianapolis. And it was so great. We just had like a really nice little taco night. And we just chatted and talked. And um, it was just like the greatest double date on a very spontaneous Wednesday. And um, our friend made this comment and he was like, you know, I heard this pastor, I think he was a pastor or maybe an author or something. And he said, my copyright is your right to copy because anything that I've ever said or ever come up with isn't really my own. It's God's, which just was so humbling to hear because especially in like a world where we believe like, this is my idea and this is mine. And like, how dare you catch up with me or how dare you take my thoughts or whatever? Like, Yes, I totally agree. No one should ever steal anything. But what I mean is like, that's such a humble position to have of like anything that I do really isn't my idea. Anyway, my voice isn't really mine. Like anything that I've been given any inspiration that I have, like that comes from God alone. And so like living in that reality is like, well, geez, then just like spread it, take it, go, you, you do it too, you know, but we're mm-hmm. so quick to want to like box ourselves in and box other people in and think, well, I've got to have my little, you know, job description and I don't want anyone to touch it. But the reality is, is that there's probably a bazillion people over the world that God's given similar inspirations to similar ideas to, and we all just communicate them in a slightly different way. Like our voices are similar and conversational, but they're slightly different. You know, we've had different experiences in our life and you're going to reach certain girls more than I'm going to reach certain girls. And vice versa. And so that's kind of one of those things where it's like, it's interesting to me that sometimes I catch that same food poisoning, but yet the reality is, is like, if God dwells in each one of us and there is no unique idea under heaven, then just like you said, there is no scarcity because it's already been thought of. It's already available. It's probably going to be the same theory or the same concept or the same message is going to be said 17 million thousand times, you know, but in a variety of different ways or in a way that has two or three words slightly different enough that someone who didn't hear it the first time can hear it the second time. And so I feel like 
like not only um, will people hear it like in different ways. So I totally agree. Like we have different stories and we mm-hmm. all have different stories. We all have different things that have happened to us and inspired us and things we can mm-hmm. speak into better than other people. And we have messages that will, and ways of communicating those messages that will resonate with different people. And we have different spheres of influence. Like y'all right. listening, no girls that I don't know. And so you can speak into their life and I can't, but right. even if we're all speaking to the same people, like how often is it that you need to hear something seven times before it actually clicks, you right. know, or like right. seven, seven different ways. Like, I feel like this happens to my poor husband all the time. Like he'll tell me something that's really true about my life and I hear it and I'm, tr- I'm not trying to like tune him out. I'm really trying to listen. Um, but every once in a while it'll happen where he'll have told me something and then he'll be standing with me as another girlfriend or someone else says something to me and he can see the light bulb go on. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, that makes so much sense. And he just starts shaking his head. He goes, are you kidding me? Like, I don't know why you said that. Yeah. Like we all, I mean, we all read tons of different authors. We all use a variety of different products. We all shop at a variety of different stores. We all need to hear even the same exact message a thousand times before sometimes it clicks. And so like, there just is not a scarcity. Yeah. And I think what's, um, what you said about, you know, you know, different girls than I know, you're going to reach them in a different way than I can. It's true. Like my closest friends, I know their pain points more than you ever could. Now they might be inspired by a blog post you have, but they might not receive it in the same way because I also know what's going on with their daughter and with their mom and with their best friend, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's like, but that doesn't mean the resource is un- invaluable. And so that's kind of the, the reality is, is we still have to reach those in our corners of the universe and be intentional about stewarding what we've been given rather than being like, well, someone else could probably say it better. So, you know, because we have just different pain points that we can relate to more and we know people on a different level and different types of people that are going to hear things differently. And so it really is like, there's never enough truth in the world. There's never enough goodness in the world. It can sometimes be over, feel like it's being overdone, but if Ecclesiastes tells us like, there's no unique idea under heaven, you, you're never going to run out like you're not going to be so unique that no one else will ever think of something similar. It's, will you be unique and willing to deliver it in the way that God's asked you to do so? And I think that's where the difference comes. I love that. So I want to, I want to like, um, I know that comparison hits us in a ton of different ways. And I think that, you know, one of the ways it hits us is in terms of like what we're doing, like we've talked about, you know, the contribution we're making to the world, but I know that it also really hits us, um, in things like our body image, like when you're you know, like seeing the girls around you and, and comparing how you look to them, which I think is something that happens to us all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I think, I think another big way that it comes in is with our stage of life, specifically mm-hmm. like being single and watching friends date or being like dating. And when your friends get engaged or something like that. So Jordan, mm-hmm. can you talk about that a little, like, what would you, what encouragement would you have, um, for, for, cause I know you and I've totally both been in those moments too. Like what mm-hmm. encouragement do you have for girls when they find themselves in positions like that, where they feel like they're not as good as the girls around them? Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I actually, I don't think I shared this yet, but the, the day that I got engaged, one of my sorority sisters got engaged like two days later <laughs> and it was like, Oh, okay. Um, and then the funniest thing, which was fine. You know, it's like, I'm equally just as happy. We both have great things happening in our life. But then the craziest thing was then two of my sorority sisters and I, we all got married in the same week <laughs> and all of us were friends. And so none of us could really be at each other's weddings or any of that. And so it was like stage of life kind of thing. Um, it's interesting when you feel like, you're at one stage. And even if some other people are at the same stage of life, kind of like what you shared with your friends, like you were all newly married all of a sudden, and then you didn't know what you could share and what you shouldn't share and those kind of things. Um, 
And so I think what happens is it's kind of like, it's kind of like standing in a line at the grocery store, like, or, okay, here's a better example. The other day I was on a treadmill and I was really trying to work hard because I was feeling like, Whoa, I've had a few too many, you know, hamburgers recently and just haven't been running as well as I should have been, you know, and that kind of thing. So I'm over there trying to improve my body image. And the craziest thing is as I'm doing that, there's a person on, I hate running on a treadmill when there's a person right next to you. It just drives me nuts. I want to have like a gap in between us, like a, a treadmill on each side that's empty, but that didn't happen that day. It was a busy time at the gym and I'm running on this treadmill. And then I like right before I get on the treadmill, I noticed that there was an old man on one side of me. And then there was like a really fit runner type gal on the other side of me. Okay. So two very different extremes and I get on my treadmill, like, well, shoot, you know, so I better be faster than this old guy. And I better be just keeping up with this girl who seems like she's pretty physically fit. Like I used to look like that, you know? And so immediately I'm comparing my body image to her. And then I'm also comparing the stage of life that I'm kind of in, or like the season I'm into both of them and feeling like I'm in like this race that doesn't actually exist between the three of us. And so I'm like competing with these people that don't even know we're all competing. And, um, I noticed, you know, as I'm jogging along, I'm like, wow, I don't even know how long, like they had been keeping their pace and everything. And after five or 10 minutes, I was like, they've been on these treadmills a lot longer than I have. Like they were here before me. They might be wrapping up their run. They might be sprinting to the finish, you know? Um, cause the girl next to me was going so much faster and I'm like, well, maybe this is the end of her run and she's giving her last, you know, last bit of energy. I've still got 30 minutes ahead of me, you know, or the guy next to me, like he's totally a step behind me, but maybe he's been going way longer, you know, and he's exhausted. He's just warming or cooling down, you know, but the thing that I didn't, as I created this competition between us, I didn't take that into account at first. Like I mentally made this competition that didn't actually exist only to realize, wait, we're, we all started at different points and we're doing different workouts, you know, and we have different body types and we're at different points in our life. Like this old man, I hope he can't keep up with us that long. Like that would be one embarrassing, but two, like unnatural, you know? (laughs) So, um, that really hit me, um, as I'm, as I'm doing that. And I think that's kind of a great image of what we really do sometimes. Like we create these competitions that don't actually exist and forget all the other factors that play into why someone else is doing what they're doing or why they look the way they do or how they're, why they're a little bit ahead of us or a little bit behind us. Um, and so, you know, what I realized is I'm running and running and I suddenly thought, wow, the reality is, is like life isn't like a treadmill though. Like we are headed somewhere on a treadmill. You're just running in place. Like you're not really going anywhere, you know, but in life we have an end destination. Like we have a main goal if we know the Lord, you know? And so to, to compare our, our space in the journey or the way we look to the girl running next to us, like we start to put ourselves in this line, like we would at a grocery store when in reality, like we need people next to us, like holding our hands, running alongside of us, not for the sake of outrunning us or keeping up or outdoing, but solely for the sake of creating that like community that runs alongside of us, even if we are in slightly different places or someone started slightly before us or whatever. And so I think that kind of image really hit me. And that whole experience just made me realize how much we do that in all different aspects of life, whether that's dating, single and married, you know, we've got our one friend that's been married for five years. So her experiences are way different than our single friend. And we're over here in the dating world. Like, well, I'm not sure why my relationship doesn't look like my friend who's been married for five years, you know, or I'm not, you know, whatever it might be. And so, um, but the reality is, is because we all started in different places and our relationships and our, and our bodies and our health and our faith walk and all those things that we compare ourselves to are in totally different places, started at different times. And that's for a reason, but it's, it's different because we're not on a treadmill, just heading nowhere. It's not fruitless. It's not pointless. Like if we keep running and we just keep showing up and keep going and cheering on the people next to us, instead of turning it into a competition with them, like we are going to 
end up where we need to be. Like we are headed somewhere. You know what I mean? Yes. And I think that like, um, one thing I, I, for some reason, this mental picture just popped in my head, um, recently, but like when, so, you know, we talked about how there's enough to go around in terms of like making an impact in the world, but like there's enough to, it's not a competition anywhere else either. Like Mm -hmm. when, if you're really working to like get in shape and say weight loss is one of your goals. Well, so Mm -hmm. if you lose five pounds, that does not automatically put five pounds on my body. Like you lose five pounds does not make me gain five pounds. It like, we can both lose five pounds at the same time, which is fine. But also we have very different bodies. Like we're totally not like, there's just no way to compare, but, but someone gaining something doesn't mean you're losing something. And I think that that's a lot of times how it feels when like a friend gets engaged or gets into a relationship or something, like it feels like, well, like that's one less person out in the world, but really Mm -hmm. we're not competing for the affection of the same guys either. Like that would be like the most gigantic, like sister wife, like situation ever. Like like we, and we all are looking for different things and different people. Um, I talked about this earlier, um, in an earlier episode of the podcast, um, in a couple of different places, but my friend Hannah has this theory called the bagel theory, um, where each, each person's a different kind of bagel. It goes in the theory and each person's looking for a different kind of bagel. So it's like, we're not even, it's, it's not who's better and who's worse. It's just, we're entirely different, but that's perfect because we're looking for entirely different things. And so like, it just really isn't a competition. I love that. And the other thing that, um, one of the things I think that really, and I want to see if I can sort of explain this right. Cause I'm not entirely sure I can, but I'm going to give it a shot. Um, one of the things I think that's helped me the most when it comes to comparison is trying to fill out the rest of the story, um, mm-hmm. which I think is what you did with the people next to you on the treadmill. You, instead of just saying, she's going fast, I'm going slower, he's going slower, like mm-hmm. you started imagining what the rest of the story can look like. And I think that when we see people on social media or even in our real lives that have something going for them, we fill in the rest of the picture as being our image of what perfect would look like. So your friend had awesome clothes. And so you also filled in the idea, I'm making this up, um, but like you also filled in the idea that she, her marriage is perfect. She and her husband never disagree. She has a thousand friends, could not be lonely a day in her life. Her work life is booming and there's not a single problem with it. Her family life is great. All these things, like we fill in what our idea of perfect is around Mm. whatever this one little thing is that we're comparing ourselves to. But I think that like, the thing that's helped me is either really getting to know the person and so finding out what these things are or just imagining them, but like imagining what their life actually probably really looks like. Um, Mm -hmm. and the fact that nobody's life is perfect and that this girl may have really awesome clothes, but as you get to know her, you find out that she also has a really broken family life Mm -hmm. or, you know, this girl has a really awesome marriage, but she really feels lonely in the friend department or this girl has a really booming career, but it really takes a toll on the rest of her life. Mm -hmm. And I think that when you can, and, and so it's not like imagining the bad things about this person, like makes you feel better because you're better. It's not like, not in a competition way, but just like no one's life is perfect. And I think it's really important for us to see that, that they may be really killing it in one area of their life, but that doesn't mean that everything's perfect. They're normal, just like we are. And we're really killing it in some areas, but also we have areas that are painful or harder or, or difficult. And, and I think that when we can see and really have more of an accurate view of the great things about someone, but also the fact that they're totally nuanced and imperfect and going through hard things like us, it makes them seem like people. And I think that we can have compassion for people and um, connect to people. And I think that like, that's what makes it easier to like, 
when, when you can see that we're all just people just all trying to figure this out together, one, mm-hmm. we can be honest about our struggles, which is what you did with your friend and what I did with my girlfriends about like, you know, talking about our husbands and stuff that once we're all kind of in it together, comparison goes away because we're all okay. just, we're all just figuring it out together. And so I think that that's something that's really like helped me is to just try to like see someone through the eyes of, of compassion and just, we're all people, even the most perfect people aren't, aren't perfect. And they're struggling in some ways, just like me and, and they need kindness and love and connection, just like the rest of us, you know, does that make any sense? Absolutely. And no, I think it's a really good, it's kind of like you're filling in the gaps and that's not for the sake of like, you know, patting your own, you know, self on the back and going, Oh, well now I feel better. Um, it's more of like getting realistic because what comparison is, is it's unrealistic. (laughs) It's this unrealistic image we paint of someone based off of one or two things that we might see. And I think it also kind of keeps us humble realizing like, man, yeah, I, I also have these things, you know, that are a total mess in my own life. But if I heard a sermon the other day and it was so good because he talked about how we compare up and we compare down. When we compare up, we go, well, why can't I, why can't I have that marriage? Why can't I have that lifestyle? Why can't I have that career? Fill in the blank, whatever it might be. But then we also compare down to, and sometimes think, well, at least I'm not as messed up as that girl, or at least I'm not as whatever fill in the blank. And so like, or how could they, you know, do that to their wife or how could they do that? You know, weird career or whatever it is that we sometimes think we're better than or worse than. Um, when in reality, it's like Romans through 23 is like, Hey, the playing field is level. Like we have all fallen short of the glory of God. And so giving ourselves that reality check of like, okay, when I start saying like, why can't I have what she has? I have to also remember like, well, why, why would I like, why would, why would we have these identical lives? You know? And, and the reality is, is like, there's going to be different gaps in each of us and her strengths might be my weaknesses. And that's why we start just believing the lie that like, for example, like when I get angry with my husband or frustrated with my husband over one issue, sometimes what I'll do is that issue will transcend like the rest of everything good I see about him. Like I will literally be like, Oh, he had a lazy moment. Shoot. He's lazy. I have a lazy husband. When in reality, that's so not true. My husband is so hardworking in most areas of his life. He just has moments where he's forgetful. And same with me. Like I can snap, you know, that doesn't mean I'm a snappy, impatient person in totality. It means that I have these moments that are weak and that are, that are, that, that I snap, you know, and I think it's the same kind of way. Like we generalize one good thing or one thing that we see and just identify someone with it instead of being like, okay, they are a full picture. Like this person is fully well-rounded, <laughs> you know, and so am I. And so instead of focusing on just my weak strengths or my weak points or the points where I don't measure up. Like I have to remember, I do have these places in my life where I may be thriving and, you know, more so than someone else. So it's like, again, it's like that math just doesn't work and Mm. filling in the full picture suddenly allows you to see like, okay, there's not even a math equation to be doing to begin with, you know, like this isn't even, this isn't even algebra. Like this is real life. So I think that like when we can, yeah, like recognize the areas where we're, we're strong and we're weak and other people are strong and weak. Like we can seek each other out for each other's strengths and we can help each other in each other's weaknesses. And I think like, like when we can just jump off the comparison competition kind of like, it's not a competition. Like it's mm-hmm. not a competition. You were on the treadmill to get healthier in your own life. You know, right. like when we, can, <laughs> when we can jump off the competition and like, we can be in it together and we can help each other. And like your friend who's really awesome with clothes, like you can have her dress you. Like I right, have lots right. of friends like that, you know, right. like you can I, help her dress you. Or if you're really great at, um, I don't know, like, you know, you know, I have friends who have asked for my help for like designing a blog for them, you know, like I can totally help you with that. And also right. in the meantime, can you talk me through this thing, you know, this problem I'm having with a friend or a family member, you know, I mean, like we all have different strengths and weaknesses. And I think that 
when we can see that it's not a competition, there's no winner. Like we're not trying to win anything. There's more than enough to go around. Um, Everyone has their great things that are going on in their lives. Everyone has their struggles. We can just be in it together. And, And I think that that's where like real community happens. We can actually celebrate each other and we can, um, I don't know, cheer each other on and be in it together. And like Jordan, something that you and I have really gotten to do together is like, you know, text each other and be like, Hey, is this normal? (laughs) You know, like, is this hard for you too? Totally. Or, uh, how do you do this? Or this technology is weird. Or have you Mm -hmm. found a solution for this? And I think that like, we all as women are so much stronger when we're together than we are when we're fragmented. And, and I think that when we can see that it's not a competition, we're not like there's, there aren't winners, there aren't losers. We're not in a line, um, being rated by any sort of, like we just, when we can just be in it together, like we're so much stronger. Yeah. You know, it's, I think sometimes, um, one thing that I do, like you said, with when you're looking at one focal point of someone's life, um, you're looking at the outside of their life usually or something that stands out, if that makes sense. Um, and so you're kind of looking at like this little building that they've built, like this little life that they've built, this little um, kingdom that they might be, you know, living in or whatever. And we kind of miss to the, the importance of building our own like and building something that matters and building like we tend to build barriers instead of bridges, if that makes sense. And so it's like we are going to be so much more full and so much more, um, I guess, fulfilled and our purpose is going to be fulfilled if we start building more bridges. And so I just wrote this the other day and it's like totally changed my, my entire trajectory of the project that I'm working on, but it totally challenged me. And I'm going to share it because I think it's really true. And it's something that we have to always be reminded of. It says maybe before sizing up your own house, meaning your life or your relationship or your purpose to someone else's, you ought to fix your eyes on the love and life and purpose that you already have. And then pour all of that energy that you've been wasting into building it beautiful, not to be more beautiful than someone else, but simply to let it be its own kind of beautiful, full of messes that turn into messages and imperfections that turn into improvements. Because you will feel lonely at times and you're going to feel insecure at other times. And there will be days that feel massively broken and like everything is wrong. And like you're the slowest person on the treadmill, but your job is not to hold it all together or to create this perceived reality of perfection that doesn't actually exist. Your job is just to keep on building bridges, keep on building connection, keep on building what matters, even when it breaks a little bit. And I think that's where we, where we get off track, where if we see one little crack, we just throw up our hands and surrender. Or if it gets really slow and someone seems to be moving faster on the outside, we're like, okay, but we're just supposed to keep on building and keep, and keep on cultivating and keep on um, adding our little piece to the pie and, and loving and putting out there the good things and connecting with others little by little. But when we see a piece of brokenness or a place where we don't quite measure up, that's when we just like stop. Like we just let it stop us in our tracks. Like we let brokenness hold us back from boldness. And that's so unproductive, you know? It's so, so I completely agree. I completely, I love that. I am so glad you shared that. That's so good. Um, yeah. I think it's just so easy to let look at the one little piece of our life that's a mess and forget that there's a message in that that's going to build something better down the road or the imperfections we just let the, we just let those totally I guess envelop us rather than realizing like oh those can be things that improve me. You know, they can be renovations and updates to who I am, you know, and making me a better version of myself. Those are things that the Lord will use for improvements, but so often we get so hung up on the fact of how they measure up to someone else's perfections or imperfections and we totally miss the opportunity to improve upon them, you know. So I think we really do have to let our messes turn into messages and our imperfections turn into improvements or we're not going to grow, we're not going to build what matters, we're not going to build any kind of beautiful life because we are going to be so focused on the gaping hole in our own strength, you know? Yeah. I, so there's something that I just remembered that I just loved. Um, 
So Jess Connolly is an awesome author and um, she does like a whole lot of amazing things, but she's a really, she's just like a powerhouse for God. She's awesome. Um, And I heard her talking one time about something that she had been doing um, in her life that, and it was like the first time she'd ever talked about it. And I don't know if she still does it, but it made such an, uh, such an impression on me. Um, She said that she started doing this thing where in whatever realm of her life, she feels like she's striving or hustling or competing or comparing or whatever. She started stopping where she is, throwing her hands up and saying, I take myself out of the running for blank. Mm. And I like, that just means so much to me because I think that we all need to just do that in so many areas of our lives. Like I take myself out of the running of being the best writer in the world. Just don't care if I'm the best. I don't, I'm, I take myself out of the running of having the most perfect podcast because Lord knows this is not a perfect podcast. Mm-hmm. I take myself out of the running for have like, you know, having the best hair or clothes or butt. I don't know. Like I just take myself out of the running. Like I don't care. Like I don't care. I'm not trying to compete anymore. Really. I'm just trying to be faithful with what God's given me and be the best friend and wife and daughter and sister I can be. Like, I'm just trying to be me, you know, and whatever Mm -hmm. anyone else is doing, like, I want to cheer them on and I want to be on their team and recognize that like, them being ahead does not mean I'm behind. Like I'm just out of the running. Like I quit, you know, like yeah. I quit and, and quitting the competition allows us to just be free and just do the right. thing that God's asked us to, do, us to do and be the people that God's asked us to be and live the life he has for us. And really like the truth about it, when it comes to like seasons of life are God has a, a beautiful story for each of us. And it's so well fit for each of us. And like sometimes I think we can see people who we wish we had their life. Um, and so I can, I'm trying to, I've been trying to remember when, like who this was and when I was thinking about this, but there was a time in my life, um, that I remember comparing my relationship to the relationship of one of my girlfriends. And it seemed like her relationship was so much better than mine in so many ways. That's how it felt. But really there were like two ways that I was comparing. One was, I think her boyfriend, bought her gifts all the time. And I think mine like didn't. Um, so her, you know, her boyfriend always was like sharing her with gifts and mine wasn't. And then I think that they were like going on all these extravagant dates and my boyfriend and I probably weren't. Um, and I remember like really comparing and really just totally having comparison food poisoning, feeling like her relationship is so much better. But mm-hmm. I think I like finally allowed myself to really walk down the road of what it would look like if we swapped lives. Like mm-hmm. what if we just swapped lives? And it's not that, one, there were parts of her life that weren't perfect that I don't know if I necessarily would have wanted to take on or parts of her relationship that weren't perfect that like, yeah, while he buys her tons of gifts, he also might not be a great communicator. So so they're not able to really like talk things through the way that I was able to in my relationship or something like that. But also in giving up my life for hers, I would give up all the great things too. And so while my boyfriend might not have been like the gift shower, like he also was a great communicator and was hilarious and was my best friend. And would it like, would it be nice to be showered with gifts or taken on all these extravagant dates? Totally. But like, when I really thought about it, I really, there were so many things I would miss about my life if I didn't have it anymore. And so many ways that her life actually wouldn't be a good fit for me. And mm-hmm. I think like God does not have one, God doesn't run out. Like he's not working from a, from Uh, like a limited pile here, you know, he's not assigning husbands or, you know, weight loss or I don't know if God assigns weight loss, but you know, or like success or money or something like there's not, he's not playing favorites. There aren't 
there's not a finite amount of these things. Like, like God has us each on a story, each on our own path, each on our, running our own race. And, and it's just about us and him and the people in our lives and being faithful to what we've been given. And I mean, he just, he has gifts and, and a story for each of us that fits us perfectly. And so trading would never make sense. Like we would never actually, if we had her life, it, it wouldn't be better for us because we are us and our life is ours and her life is hers and she's hers. And it just, he just has our own story. Think of how creative God is <laughs> to be able to write this unique story. Like, I, you know, it's like, what energy are we wasting thinking we want to be the best writer in the world or the best communicator in the world or whatever it might be? Like, that position's already been taken by the God of the universe, you know? So it's like, why are we competing with God of the universe, first of all? Because that's ultimately what we're doing. Like I said, like, if God is in each of us, <laughs> that's pretty much what we're doing. Um, but it's like, if you think about that, like, I just give God so much credit for the fact that he wasn't like, okay, I'm just going to kind of clone you all, you know? Like, it's like, yeah. no, each of us have these unique gifts and abilities and and callings and stories and experiences and everything else that was, like, uniquely given and not like out of a place of, okay, well, as soon as I give one more, you know, unit of confidence to this person, that person's not going to get any. It's like, no, there's just this abundance supply, like immeasurably more, you know, mm-hmm. but we measure everything and God's like immeasurable. So it's like, why are we measuring all this? <laughs> why are we trying to measure something that cannot be measured? It doesn't make any sense. Totally. I think like, um, and I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And then, um, I have a couple of fun last questions for you, but, um, you and I both kind of mentioned this already, but I think that sometimes in life, like, I think that keeping our eyes on our own paper is a really good idea sometimes. And Mm -hmm. I don't know, I think we really don't do it enough. Like, I think especially with things like social media, like we are looking at everyone else's paper. And I think we really not only can neglect ours, but also forget about how good ours is in the process. And so I know like something you just said, like a little bit earlier, was it you, as you're in this writing season for your book, you don't need to be looking at my book or anyone else's books because you really need to legitimately keep your eye on your own paper. And I found that to be true in a lot of areas of my life. And really it's something I think about a lot when it comes to like social media, um, and really, like we could be looking at, we could be following a bazillion people that are mm-hmm. amazing at everything. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think that like sometimes depending on where we are and it changes in different seasons, I think sometimes we need to be a little bit better about filtering what we take in. Like, mm-hmm. so for example, for a long time when I was growing up, I loved fashion magazines um, and mm-hmm. also like, not, not like fitness magazines, like the intense ones, but like shape or, you know, things like that. <laughs> just with like workout things. And I know that like, I, I really loved them. It was so fun getting them in the mail. It's like a little present. Um, but every time I would look at them, I would walk away feeling like poor, poorly dressed, out of shape. Like my life was really boring and like mm-hmm. I didn't matter. And I just, it, it took me a long time to realize like I was actively comparing myself to everything I was seeing in those magazines. And, and I think that like, yes, like working on some of like a lot of that's like a heart issue in ourselves, you know, something that we are working on in our own lives. But I don't think that we necessarily need to be exposing ourselves to everything and, and like forcing ourselves to fight against all of it. Like, so for example, like if you're trying to eat a little bit healthier these days, walking into like Chick-fil-A is maybe not the best idea. You know, like if you're trying to like really work on running your own race with fitness and feeling comfortable in your body and loving your body for what it is, I think, you know, constantly like, um, 
scrolling through photos of like perfectly photoshopped women isn't necessarily the most helpful thing for us. And you know, when you're creating something, seeing all the amazing things everyone else is creating is distracting and discouraging sometimes. And like, if you are really, if, if you're single or just went through a breakup or are waiting for your boyfriend to propose and he hasn't yet or something like following the knot and all of the other wedding blogs and stuff on Instagram, like isn't necessarily the best thing for you right now. And so I think that that's something I've really learned is like to keep my eyes on my own paper, especially on social media. It means sometimes I just need to not follow some pieces, like some people. Totally. I think you're 100% right. And I think sometimes um, that isn't necessarily like you said, it's not like you want to run from anything and it's not bad to be inspired. But you know, it's like at the same time, um, there is that need to allow yourself to be creative just as who you are, um, and not look at other things. And also it's like, I heard a friend of mine say something about a friend she has who basically said like, you know, I don't really struggle with comparison a whole lot, like, especially to my friends on social media, but that's because the only people I follow are people I personally know and love. Like if you think about that, and even though you could still, um, like fall into comparison, it's a lot harder because if you know their full story, like you just talked about, you know, a few minutes ago and you know them on a personal level and you know, like, okay, she's put this really happy picture up with her husband, but that gives me no reason to feel like my husband and I aren't happy because I also know that they just got an argument last week because I love her and I care about her and I have community with her. So there's no reason for me to sit here and like play this game that shouldn't actually exist. And I think that's really wise. Um, you know, again, like it doesn't, I don't think it necessarily needs to be really extreme, but at the same time, I think being intentional about who you're really exposing yourself to and how much you're looking at other people's lives. We do a lot of looking in from the outside, like more so I think than any other generation ever did, because that's so accessible with the social media world and the internet world and everything else. And so hearing that kind of testimony, that story and that way that she kind of shields her eyes, I think it can be like, this sounds really bad, but I think comparison can kind of be as addicting as like porn for people, you know, um, in the sense that it's like, it's this really ugly thing that distorts and warps our view of what true community, true life, true friendship, true like living really is. Um, and the more that we just look at it and put it in front of us, the more it warps our mind. And so having somewhat of a filter, like you said, and being a little bit more intentional about how much we're just staring into the lives of others or get, like gawking at something that probably doesn't actually exist and then feeling worse about ourselves. It's like, why even spend that much time doing it? <laughs> you know, totally. why not put some, some barrier? Like we have to create healthy boundaries in our life. And I think the internet has made it really hard to have healthy boundaries. And a lot of people don't even really know what healthy boundaries are anymore. And so there's times where I just like, like this week I'm on a social media fast. I'm like, I'm just not even going to do it. Like I don't have to, I don't owe anyone anything other than the Lord, you know? Yeah. So I think those are the kind of things and the, and the precautions and the boundaries we just need to be intentional about putting in place. And if that means we have to kind of go in our own little shell for a while, that's what it means. I don't think we should live there. I don't think we would need to just like set up camp in a broken, you know, safe place for ourselves. But at the same time, there is value and there is wisdom in creating safeguards and sometimes allowing ourselves to take a break from the very thing that might be really toxic for us, you know? Yep. I totally agree. I think, yeah, taking some time to really evaluate, like, how does this make me feel when I look at it? And, and like, there are so many things in the world that we can put in our brain. You know, there's like just an endless buffet of, of things to follow or watch or see or read or whatever. And so I think that it's totally okay to, to evaluate where you are right now and what's best for you. And, um, and, and say, you know what, like I'm really struggling in a season of singleness and all of my friends are getting engaged right now. So I'm going to spend some time not being on Facebook just because Mm -hmm. it's not doing anything to make me really like appreciate my life and where I am right now. Mm -hmm. Um, or like, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm working on something new and, and, and I don't want to, you know, I want to think my own thoughts and and come up with my own stories and, and I, and I don't want to be influenced or 
even like, or, or discouraged by the fact that I'm not where someone else is or something, you know, I think, I think we can definitely like make those decisions in our own lives because ultimately our lives are so beautiful and God is in all of them. And he's made us for a purpose and on purpose. And, um, he has a story for each of us. We are all living just the most beautiful story because you're totally right, Jordan. Like we're living a story written by the author and perfecter of everything. And so we can live that confidently and really use our time and our energy to invest in that and, and to love it and appreciate it. And, um, to really like, yeah, I, I think that that's like the very best place for, for our focus to be. Um, but so, okay, Jordan, we have to, we're running out of time, which I feel like we could talk about this forever. Um, and really, I just want to hang out with you forever. So, um, but before we go, I want to ask you, um, three quick questions. Are you ready? Ready. (laughs) Um, so the first one is, I want to know what God's teaching you these days. Oh my goodness. Um, I feel like the Lord, part of what we just shared is staying in your lane and just really being intentional. Um, but he's really teaching me right now to, pour into my tiny corner of the universe because being a blogger and being in the internet world, like it's so easy to try to reach outside your corner, but he's just really making me focus on just like the simple life things like enjoy making a meal for your husband, enjoy playing with your dog in your backyard, um, really savor just like the realities of what you're walking through and what you're experiencing right now and what blessings you have. Um, so he, yeah, just really teaching me to be present and focused and it's been so, so good for my soul. <laughs> I love that. Um, okay. So this is like sort of on the same lines then, um, what's something kind of random in your life that's bringing you joy right now? Um, so I've been meal planning, which I've never done before. And we've been married a whole year, but because we've moved so many times and because our lives have just been utter chaos and because, um, I've just honestly been just kind of hustling, trying to figure out everything, which you never really figure out. I never really just took the time to do that. And so I just get groceries at the store and figure out how to throw something together. Um, but I've really, in the last couple of weeks, um, it's so random and it seems so simple, but just creating four or five meals a week and going to the store and buying specifically those things, then nothing goes to waste because <laughs> mm-hmm. I know I'm going to use those ingredients in the next four or five days. And I get to see like the final product and the creation of something that I'm like, Oh my gosh, I just made a Pinterest meal. Like, how did I do that? You know? And so, um, as much as we don't want our lives to look like Pinterest or whatever, that's not the whole point. It's just like, it's, it's neat to see a project come to fruition. That isn't necessarily something that like is public or anyone's, you know, applauding me for, but yet it matters and it's making a difference and a little dent in my household. Like that has been so rewarding to me. And so, yeah, just seeing that day after day in the last several weeks has just been nice. I've never really experienced that before being married at least. Um, and so it's been really nice, really good. That's so fun. I love that. I am not good at that. In fact, I feel like at the end of every day, Carl and I look at each other and are like, we have to eat again. I'm confused. Like a photo online or something a couple weeks ago. And it was like, why does food take two hours to prepare three minutes to eat? And then an hour to clean up. Like something is wrong here. You know, it's it makes so, it so hard to want to be intentional about preparing food, but the process of it is something I'm learning to enjoy. So it's been really good. I love that. You can pray for that in my life too. <laughs> well, yeah. um, so, okay. The last thing I wanted to ask is, um, who's a woman that's inspiring you right now? Um, I think on a personal level, um, I have a mentor, um, that also serves as a manager and she's on my team and she just really helps keep me focused. And so just her drive and her, and she, we call her the queen of empowerment and it's so true. So on a personal level, like someone in my personal life and in my circle, she's totally just empowered me, equipped me 
encouraged me to take time off, never pushed me too hard, but yet still empowered me, which is really awesome. Um, and then I think on a, a, a bigger level or a, not necessarily my personal life, I am like a total Ann Voskamp fan. Like I never really had read her stuff, but in the last several um, months, I just kind of was exposed to some of her work and I just love her heart and just how raw and like still so graceful she is. Um, and that's one thing that I think the Lord's been challenging me. And it was just ironic that as I was feeling that challenge, found some of her stuff, um, because my heart is to be real and to be raw and just to be honest and just dead honest about certain things. But at the same time, like there's a way you can do that with grace in class. And that's the thing that the Lord's been refining in me over the last year. And so she's just been a great, like, um, somewhat of an example. Um, we definitely have different voices, but at the same time, just seeing the way that she can still share light and truth and, and raw vulnerability in such a way that's still empowering and positive and graceful is so awesome to see. Cause I think sometimes when we think raw, we just think like whining or really just, um, harsh, you know, and that's not what it really is. And so, um, it's been neat just to kind of be inspired by that a little bit and learn and glean wisdom from someone who's gone before me. So I'm a totally Ann Voskamp fan. Totally want to meet her. She's awesome. Um, yeah. So that's somebody I think that's really inspired some of the, the way I've looked at my writing and the way I've analyzed my work and stepped into the calling that God's really given me in this season. I love that. I love Ann Voskamp. Her book, A Thousand Gifts, totally, totally transformed my life, learning about gratitude and just like, it's just a way of seeing God's fingerprints all of your life is to just really like be grateful and, and to look for opportunities for gratitude. So I love that. Um, well, Jordan, if the girls don't already know you, which they probably do, they might. Um, but if they don't, I know that they're going to want to get to know you better after this. And so what's the best way for them to find you and keep in touch with you? Everything is now central on my website. It used to be spread out everywhere, but thankfully I have a great web developer and she's really helped me. So, um, the soulscripts.com is like the hub on there. You can find advice in the blog. You can find the membership site where you can connect with a ton of other girls. You can send me messages, um, find the social media platforms. All of that is like right there and linked for you. So going to the soulscripts.com is like the place to be. If you want to connect on any level, either with me or with other readers who are probably super like-minded. I love that. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for hanging out with us. I'm so glad that we got to hang out. I feel like we've logged so much friend time lately, which makes me so happy. Um, It's been so good. It's been so good. I wish we could actually be sitting together right now, but thank you so much for having me on. We need to get together again soon because you've just been such a light in my life and so encouraging. And I just like for any of the girls listening, if you have anyone in your circle that even just does something remotely similar to you, or you feel like could easily become a competition, like become her best friend. Seriously, it's going to change your ability to write. Like I've experienced that with stuff. Like even though we literally just sat here and admitted, like there's times where we've compared ourselves to each other or felt that like bug bite us. We've like been able to fight through that. And here we are like talking about it and like loving one another through it. And it's so rewarding for that. So I'm just grateful to be here, Steph. And to the girls listening, go love people that you, that the, that the enemy or the world should say should be your competition and your life is going to be so much more full for it. Oh my gosh. I can't say anything better than that. So thank you, Jordan. (laughs) Guys, isn't Jordan awesome? I am so happy you got to hear from her and on this topic specifically. I just love how we both got to come clean about moments when we've compared ourselves to the people in our lives and even how we've compared ourselves to each other. But I just love the truth in all of this. There's room for all of us. There's room for Jordan, there's room for me, and there is absolutely room for you. I'm praying that truth sinks down into your heart in a whole new way this week. One thing I wanted to tell you about really quickly is that I know Jordan and I talked about tons of fun things on the show today. And so if you ever want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com. And for every episode, we'll have a blog post with the show notes. All of the links will be there for everything we talk about, including Jordan's blog and Instagram so that y'all can follow her and so y'all can be friends. 
Okay, so I know I told y'all that something exciting is happening in my life over the next two weeks, and I'm so excited to share it with you. So, at the beginning of the episode, I mentioned my book, The Lipstick Gospel. Well, it's my very favorite story because it's the story of how God captured my heart, the story of how I became a Christian. The short version is that I went through a really, really ugly breakup and then dragged my broken heart off to Sevilla, Spain, where I studied abroad. Well, while I was in Europe, God got a hold of my heart. I was actually in the Sistine Chapel when I met him. Isn't that crazy? But really, during the four months that I lived in Spain, God transformed me and my heart and brought me back to life, and that's what the Lipstick Gospel is all about. If you haven't read it, I would love to share it with you. You can either download a digital copy for free, or you can pick up a paperback copy in my shop. You can find the links to both of them in my Instagram profile. I'm at Esme Wilson over on Instagram, or you can also find them in the show notes on the blog. So what does this have to do with the next two weeks? Well, ever since I left Sevilla at the end of that semester, I have been dying to go back. You guys, I'm telling you, that is holy ground for me. That's my place. I feel like I left my heart there and I've never gotten to go back until today. Today, as this podcast is coming out, Carl and I are flying to Europe to spend a week in Sevilla and a week in Portugal. You guys, I get to go back. I can't even tell you how much this means to me. And so in the spirit of travel and God transforming our lives and putting broken hearts back together, and also because I'll still be in Europe when they come out, our next two episodes are sort of lipstick gospel themed. In our next episode, we're going to be talking to my sweet friend Bree, who's a boutique travel agent. She's actually the one who planned our trip. Um, And she's going to be sharing with us some really practical, actionable tips and tricks we can use to make travel more a part of our lives. And then, on the following Monday, you guys are going to get to hear from my very best friend in the whole entire world, Michelle. If you've read the Lipstick Gospel, it's that very same Michelle. Michelle was with me when I studied abroad in Sevilla, and God has used her in enormous ways in my life. Michelle was there when I went through that really terrible breakup, and she was with me as God put my heart back together, and so that's what we're going to be talking about in that episode. We're going to be talking about how to survive a breakup and even how to thrive, because truly, those are roads we've both walked down a great many times, and that's the road she walked me down while we were studying abroad in Sevilla. I cannot wait to share these episodes with you. So, I'm off to Spain, but our next episode will still come out on Monday's planned. And if you want to keep up with our adventures, come on over and say hi on Instagram. I'm at Esme Wilson, and I'll be sure to post lots and lots of photos over there. Friends, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I can't tell you how much it means to me to have you here at Girls' Night. Before you go, I would love it if you would just do two quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the very best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of sort of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go look for it again. Your app will just automatically download the episode when a new one is released. The other thing is, it would mean so much to me if you would just take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest this podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls' night. So would you guys do me a huge favor and just take a quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really, really help us get started. And thank you to all of you who have already left such sweet comments already. You guys, I've been reading all of them and I can't even tell you how much they mean to me. Sweet friend, thank you so much for joining us for Girls' Night, and I'll see you next week.